Good morning, world. Once again, we are here. The Fifth Ward Wildcat and my cohort across from me is home. I'm KG, the Houston Round Bar Review, and thank you for listening to another installment of the KG and the Fifth Ward Wildcat podcast. And as we do, as is our custom, hit us with the scores, Wildcat. All right. Starting out with HBU Cross Country this week, uh, the Great West Conference listed uh, Matt Perry as the individual champion for the LSU Invitational. The women picked up uh, second uh, place. Women's golf went, finished fourth at the uh, Louisiana Monroe Fred Marks Invitational. Men's soccer lost on the road to uh, Washington University out of the Pac-12. 4-0. Women's soccer lost on the, uh, lost at home to 3-0 to TCU. Women's volleyball lost to, three, uh, to A&M uh, 3-0. U of H Football, 4 and 0 on the season. They play again tonight on the road at, uh, where's that young man? In El Paso. See, once again, you, you call me, I don't look, I'm not Ralph Cooper's son, even though I have been described. It looks like you think I, I am Ralph's son, honestly. And I have no problem with that. I have great respect for our, our mentor, but we play football night in El Paso. And it, it's, last week they scored, the defense scored a shutout, 56-0 over Georgia State. Women's soccer is now, uh, Got their first conference win at the Rob at home against UAB 2-1. Women's volleyball beat Tulane 3-1, and it's 3-0 in conference play. First time they've been that way, and I think since 97. I think, uh, let me, I will, it's the first time they've, they've been 3-0 in the conference play in a while. Rice football lost to Baylor on the road. Heartbreaker. Uh, Final score. They got their behinds kicked. Well, hey, as far as they were concerned, you know, they was a, they were heartbreaking. The, conference, the uh, press conference on Monday, they weren't too happy, Chris. Well, oh, well we can talk about that. Okay. <laughs> uh, women's soccer lost to number nine Memphis, one uh, 0 Women's volleyball beat the Southern Miss three two. Baseball has started fall practice, which is prevalent at uh, Rice U around this area. But as Mister Gardner says, only for so long. The Cougars are trying. The talent I've seen out in the field and in the workouts uh, looks uh, a lot better than they've had overall in a while. Well, clearly, Rice Baseball is a gold standard of the conference, and the Cougars are aiming to get to that level. Thank you, sir. Uh, Southwest uh, San Jack, men's soccer lost 2-3-1 to Tyler Jr. College on the road. Their first game out after the uh, losing a uh, player uh, in a car accident on last week. University of St. Thomas, men's soccer, lost to 2-1 to Our Lady of the Lake. Women's volleyball went 2-0 on the road this week, beating first uh, Dallas Christian 3-0, uh, and then uh, University of Southwestern 3-0. They are also hosting a Dig Pink fundraiser for breast cancer Saturday all day. TSU football is now 2-1, and 1-1 in swag play. They beat up on Alcorn the other week. Uh, it didn't seem like it's for the score concern, but their defense right now is ranked number one in football championship series. They are uh, again, uh, again, because they were number one last year. I yes, believe. sir. Yes, they yes, finished yes, that yes. season out. That means that they, the three freshmen now they got in the, on the defense. They coming through. Like defense, the man said, they're not pawns. The, the two twelve defense is is once again doing a good job, a great job in in the swag football and football. Offensively, the game was was a brutal to watch, but whatever. Go ahead with the score. <laughs> Women's volleyball lost to uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff uh, one zero, 
uh, 1-3, I'm sorry. Uh, women's soccer lost to Northwestern State 8-2, and that is my local scores for this week. Sir, what do you have going on with the Cougars? Uh, you know, like you both touched on, uh, UH football the game will, will be uh, in El Paso versus UTEP tonight. It's going to be on CBS College Sports, I believe. So if you have that on your or satellite cable, or whatever, watch that. Uh, kickoff is 7 p.m. Cruise for El Paso. UTEP is two and two. I look at some of the stats. One thing that strikes me is weird. UTEP is only averaging 87 yards. Rushing, yes. Uh, but the time of possession is thirty-one and a half minutes. So they must they are grinding it out literally. Either they must be uh, one, two, three clouds of dust and little dump passes here and there, because that just seems weird. Usually, if you averaging thirty-one minutes and more, your rushing game is better than just eighty-seven yards. In the passing game, is only one ninety-two. Uh, passing, passing offense is 252 yards, so they must just try to think and dunk it way down the field, and that's fine. Well, we'll see how the Cougar defense uh, steps up. You know, this past Saturday, beating uh, Georgia State their second year in uh, Division One college football, so the game no one expected to be well, close, to the and, it, and it, it was it wasn't close at all. You know, so. 56 and nothing. They Cougars could have scored more of that than they wanted to, but uh, whatever. Cougars get a much different test Thursday night versus the Miners. And um, two years ago, Cougars were 12th ranked, winning El Paso, lost 58 41, and got run over. Literally got run over by the uh, rushing attack for the Miners. We'll see how things go this season. Hopefully, the Coach Summer and the guys will get better starts. And offense, Case Keenum uh, would get a better start in the first half and won't be in the uh, heart. Pounding, uh, gut wrenching, couple behind average needed, and they can uh, go to five and zero on the season. Um, I'm going to skip around because there's really not a whole lot I want to talk about regarding a conference realignment because of waiting on Missouri now to decide if they go what they're going to do. And I find that interesting. That so all of a sudden that name they are becoming prevalent. Well, why is because, that? Because I mean there's a key. Uh, they really have not wrapped their arms around the newly stable Big 12 with a new interim commissioner, Mr. Ninus, uh, who is nothing more than he's another friend of Las Dodds who really does run the Big 12. And he should just, he should really officially become the next uh, commissioner and get the official title because he pretty much runs the league anyway. That Texas, you know, I would hope so. But that's neither here nor there. Missouri is... Uh, in the hour of the day, maybe leaning toward going to the SEC or considering the SEC. Uh, their football coach is not happy with uh, the Longhorn Network. He's not happy with a lack of uh, revenue sharing on all three tiers within the Big 12. So really? if those things, if he gets more of a say in the issue, I think he would rather be in another conference. So, uh, But, of course, if that happens, if Missouri does go to the SEC and if SEC accepts them, Given the 14 teams, then they're going to once again resume conference shuffling. Mr. Money, T. Boone Pickens, uh, said earlier in the week that uh, he has he would like to see ECU and Houston uh, be invited to uh, the conference. And if this conference wants to expand to that, if Missouri leaves, Big 12 down to eight. Right. Correct? Right. Which do, means do, do you TCU have- and you're ready to make Kent. 
Now, if they decide to go to 12, that, that, that ticket's even said rice and SMU should be added as well. Right. So, you know, that'd just be uh, almost like the Southwest Conference oh, back right. in the days. Which I had no problem with, you know, yeah, easy to travel. As long as you had Texas and Oklahoma together, the conference would be relevant. fine. The, the conference is relevant. Do you still keep your, your, your automatic qualifier? Oh, that'll be still there. And with the University of Houston, I think turning the corner in athletics, with uh, the football program, clearly once the, they have to break ground on a new stadium, right. football stadium, and uh, the basketball arena, once they do those things and put something in the dirt, you can really see the athletics taking a step, a big step forward into big time college athletics. Facilities definitely will, without will a doubt, and, and <laughs> the alumni will definitely have to step up a lot quicker than uh, most folks think that will. Like to, but basically because now you're on, on a time, but you're on, a, you're really on the clock. You're on the clock, and but to our credit, since I am a U of H alum, a proud Houston Cougar yeah. graduate, yeah. Uh, they the support seems to be growing. The support in athletics, the interest in athletics seems to be growing on the football side and basketball. And that's where I want to touch on uh, Coach Dickey and his staff once again have given another shot of adrenaline to uh, U of H supporters getting a verbal commitment on Wednesday from 6'10 and a half. That's what one of the coaches told me, 6'10 and a half. <laughs> what a half is coming. Uh, because I've seen 6'9, 6'10, 6'11 for Valentine. He's Zundu. He's only 16 years old. He's His family's you know, originally from Nigeria. Really? He uh, oh. played Houston preps for, uh, basketball for, on AAU circuit. Uh, he's currently now enrolled at Martin Toledo High School. The bottom line, Valentine Zundu called Coach James Dickey Wednesday morning and to announce he is coming to the University of Houston to be a Houston Cougar. Uh, he makes his third Houston area commitment for the Cougars this month, going along with Daniel House from High Tower and Dan Red Chicken Knowles from uh, Home School Association. And uh, that's three big time gets. Uh, House and Knowles are. Been on the, the rank, recruiting service, ranked top 50 in the country. Valentine is not, he's more, un, he's lesser known nationally, but uh, his potential is, uh, he has a high ceiling. He's a shot blocker. He, and a, and a true shot blocker. Well, Cameron Ridley is one of the top big men in the area, in the state, in the country, and, and saw some footage of him. That's a lengthy article that I have on Houston Rumbar Review about the signing where Valentine swatted Cameron's shot three times. And, and I'm talking about the legitimate swats here. Cameron Ridley is, is a huge young man. Valentine is maybe 6'10, 6'11, but maybe, maybe 200 pounds. Cameron Ridley weighs way more than 200 pounds. So the fact that Another Houston area product is coming to the Cougars is is a good thing. It's another example of Coach Dickey, Coach Brooks, Coach Coach Mal, Coach Robinson keeping their word and saying they were going to recruit the Houston area and get the uh, top talent in the Houston area to stay home at University of Houston. So far, they're, they're doing a good job, a good job on that. I want to touch on this, sir. I'm listening. You and I, one of our colleagues, uh, Max Edison of the Houston Defender, we were kicking this around um, Saturday, ironically, at the TSU football game. Oh, that conversation. Um, how it's like 5-7 Jamma 2, 2.0, or whatever you want to call it, 2011-2012 style, since the kids won't are class 2012, and they won't be here until the fall of 2012. Daniel House uh, is similar, similar to Clyde Drexler in athleticism, uh, height, you know, build type thing. And I told Max, I said, well, as I, I want you to say that because 
the Cougars are in line to get us a big man who some say reminds them of a young Akeem Olajuwon. Talking about Valentine Izundu. And sure enough, Valentine has decided is committed to U-Base program. So what do you think about, uh, because and the Cougars already have Joseph Young right. on the team. That makes four. Is Michael's young son, who's also a part of Fasa Majama in the early 80s. So it seems like uh, another addition is set to be on the campus in the near future. So he's got to find a, a Larry Meshaw type, a Mr. Mean type to throw them elbows and, and control the patrol paint. And uh, got to find a Benny Anders. <laughs> you know, I don't know about that. You know, <laughs> the, on the basketball court, on the basketball court, that is. Because athletic, you know, Benny Anders was something else. On, on folks, let, let me tell you something. You know, it, it, as much as it's, <laughs> even the company that I just made, uh, basketball-wise, he, he was truly the best basketball player that they had on the floor. When, when, when Benny was, when mindset was, was on basketball, folks, you talk about a sight to see. It's a different world. He was about six, seven, six, eight, and he could do everything on the floor. He could put the ball on the floor, take it, and when he would defend you up, that's when you really saw how much how much range basketball range he had mentally and not just physically but just mentally what he he could do get done on the floor but so I, I just I remember those days and I'm having flashbacks right now you know especially in that game that Louisville game he just showed everybody just straight up that hey you, you're not scoring and if you decide you want to I can take the ball away from you and do anything I want to with it so, you know, we'll, good things seem to be returning uh, for the U of H program. And As they say, that's not to it's say, about time. and I'm not uh, discounting this coming up 2011-2012 season because I believe the Cougars will be better than they were last year on the on the men's side. And so I encourage all U of H supporters to come to Hawkeye this season, get your tickets to watch this year's team because they have talent on this year's squad. Uh, started with Joseph Young and Tayshawn Thomas and the crew. So, good times seem to be uh, around, are here for U of H Athletics. Football, basketball, men's and women's basketball. Baseball is is on the rise. Golf is on the rise. Softball is, is kicking butt. It seems to be, they're young, got a, young, young, a lot of young players on the softball squad, but they are, their goal is to get to uh, the College World Series next year. Uh, and I want to talk, you know, talk about this briefly. Uh, U of H Athletics has, uh, a 360 version on football. So you can check out uhcougars.com. That's linked to uh, 360 Cougar football as well. But you, so UH is trying to do some more things on you know on the high tech side. They have a YouTube channel, UH, UH Athletics on YouTube, where they're starting to show more things uh, of each of the, the individual uh, sports: uh, football, volleyball, basketball, etc. Showcasing the teams, uh, comments from the coaches, as well as the facilities. So uh, props to my school for being proactive finally now let me just, just since we're on conference USA okay. um, Rice is headed off to uh, play Southern Miss this weekend which has been a uh, good trip for them so far uh, They the last time these two teams played was in 2008 uh, it was a midweek game and the two standouts uh, for that squad was Jared Dillard and Chase Clement and Folks, it was a sight to see for everybody. But they're gone. They, they, they're they're gone. That, that crew is not there. But uh, some of the senior bunch uh, were a part of that that, that team. Uh, they still, some of them still remember, and they talk about it. 
what uh, made it really truly interesting was the fourth quarter. Uh, basically, by that time, Rice had pretty much thought they had put the game away, and then Southern Miss fires back, scores three scores, uh, and then Rice, uh, and then Rice puts 14 on the board to finish at 45-40. And I'm going to tell you, it was, it was a physically and mentally draining game. But when you get a game on the road, when you win a conference game on the road, uh, it, it, it always speaks well of where you are mentally and where you are as a football program. And that set the tone for Rice getting a 10 win season and uh, going to the Texas Bowl and winning. And All American uh, Jared Dillard uh, now in the, uh, in the NFL, still with the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. And, it's, this speaks well of where they were at that point and where they are now as a uh, football program. Rice needs this game. They need pretty much every game the rest of this season to get back to uh, get back to a bowl game. Uh, they're struggling right now, but uh, hopefully this game against uh, Southern Miss can turn the tide for them. And, uh, you know, that kickoff is 6.30 on Saturday, October 1st. It's going to be on the uh, Comcast uh, network. The Owls are one and two, and Southern Miss is three and one. But Southern Miss is zero and one in the conference, so they don't definitely they don't, they don't want to start zero and two in conference play. Um, as you touched on earlier, Owls lost fifty six thirty one to the Baylor Bears and Robin Griffin the third, who was a. Quickly becoming a Heisman, legitimate Heisman candidate, Folks, favorite, I, whatever you want to call it. He I, is I, a, <laughs> what's the stat? He has 13 touchdowns and 12 incompletions so far this season in uh, four games, I believe, for the Bears. That's ridiculous. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that is just outstanding. But it's, it's, I tell you what was really, really interesting in, in that game uh, on Saturday when he scored those, when they scored those first three touchdowns. It was in a span of clock running, uh, about 20 minutes. That's clock running now. It's, uh, it's not, TV, not just t- not TV time, not game time. That's a clock running straight for 20 minutes. He he was involved in the first three scores, and when he made it, I guess with the, when Rice got in and knocked him down, I guess he got up and said, "Well, okay, y'all had y'all a little fun for the day. Now it's time for me to go to work." And to watch him go to work, folks, when you get uh, basketball officiados uh, asking about him at a uh, in a, in a conversation during football season, that tells you how relevant this young man is. RG3 is pretty much, we talk about uh, uh, John, Oklahoma uh, quarterback, Andrew, uh, Jones. Andrew Jones, but uh, RG3 is pretty much the, the pride and standard for the uh, Big 12 this season. He, he will be, become prevalent, relevant, and uh, looks like he's got a uh, good future on the ride in the future. Now it's time to discuss the gloom and doom segment of uh, the podcast. Yes, that be, Mr. Gardner, because that'd be the NBA. I don't. I just think this uh, is all a bunch of. And uh, you know, in my 39 years on this earth, <laughs> you did. Uh, I, I am. Uh, I am. Uh, I mean, you're a seventies kid. Right? I'm, I'm nonchalant about this. I, I'm not. I'm not concerned. Uh, you know, people. Some of the young guys I follow, younger guys I follow on Twitter, are, are where I was in 1999. I was hot and upset and pissed off to the highest degree of festivity uh, about the lockout and and the uh, the verbal sparring between the owners and the players. This this time around, I'm, I'm I'm not I'm not concerned about it at all. Um, Wednesday, the owners and players met. 
uh, Mr. Stern, uh, after the meeting, told the media about the consequences and basically the media's running with it, saying that he put the uh, uh, screws to the players and the owners to get a deal done this weekend. If not, there will be dire consequences, meaning the season could be uh, canceled. No one believes that. No one believes that that's going to happen. Um, in fact, despite all the gloom and doom from those words from Commissioner Stern, I'm reading from people I respect and trust, Chris Sheridan, who's been the most optimistic person regarding the lockout from day one, and uh, Adrian Wojnarowski from, from Yahoo, Chris Sheridan of SheridanHoops.com. Both expect a deal to be done this weekend. Uh, both sides agreed to meet on Friday through the weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, assuming we have each side uh, gives and take on certain points of the issues. Uh, Chris Sheridan has uh, basically said that the, he he believes that from the original of the earlier collective bargaining agreement, which had the players getting receiving 57 percent of the basketball later income, he believes that number will be negotiated down to uh, a 50-50 split or 51-49 split. And if that happens. That would be a key issue in um, the discussion and in, in the, uh, the bargaining. So if that happens, then a deal will be done before probably mid-October will be done. Because once they agree on the key points, take about two weeks to get all the legal uh, I thought and T's crossed. And then training camp will start, and we have games on time on November 1st. So it's a much more a positive spin for Mr. Sheridan and Adrian. Basically, as we all know, as we said, you and I have said, Wildcat, that deal will get done when the owners want a deal to get done because the owners are in control. The owners have, owners are billionaires. The owners are going to be, they'll be rich. One way or the other, they're still going to be rich. That, that one extra okay. Okay, comma and it's not going, yeah. numbers and all that. Those extra difference. three zeros make a big difference. So that's why a deal is going to be done because though we have talked about and some folks still believe and get angry and upset about billionaires fighting with millionaires I truly believe that nobody wants to lose money especially a whole year's worth of money now there's still some owners who want the players to suffer and lose a couple of paychecks I don't deny that as, as being accurate but nobody wants to lose an entire season of money so based on that, that belief I still believe that a deal will get done. That's just a change for me because in July, when we first started doing the podcast, I thought it was over. I thought it was gloom and doom. I thought it was it wasn't going to happen. I don't have that sense anymore. I think we'll have a season. Now, whether it's the full 82 games, that I'm not convinced of, but there will be a season. I don't think that there will be a complete cancellation of the entire season. So that's that's good with well, me. I'm, I'm, Go ahead. I'm going to ask this question. Do you, do you think the whole preseason will be... Preseason, you know, the preseason I, I, games were canceled last week. Forty-two games already canceled, so that that's not an issue at all. Because, you know, okay, some well, of the, so well, that's a key oh, issue for some certain cities that are not NBA cities who are hoping to right. get that money. So yes, so that impacts yes, them. Yes. How long once everything gets ratified? How long would it take for teams to get in place, get some kind of some sort of training camp going, and then games get started? Two weeks. 
at the most. It'd be, that's even more it'd be, guys that, that it'd be two weeks, you know, because you needed two weeks to have training camp, two weeks to get player signed, free agent signed, things like that. Maybe have one or two preseason games in the uh, NBA arenas and start the season on time. That's if everything starts on time. That's for the full 82 games. Now, if it's down to 70 games, a 60 game, whatever, you may be at next week for three weeks of training camp, something like that, whatever. It'll get done, and if it doesn't get done, you will not have college basketball to uh, to Thank cover. Goodness, so I, about it. So okay. as much as I love basketball, I love the NBA. It gets done, it gets done. If it doesn't get done, it doesn't get done. But eventually, it's going to get done. It's just a question and a matter of when. If it's agreed upon key points between August, October 1st and October 4th, then we'll have a season on time. If it's, if it's December 1st, then it'll be a shortened season, whatever. But it's going to get done. It, the NBA is not going to just completely go away. It's going to get done. And that's my mentality. Now, it's going to get done just a matter of when. David Stern is going to win. Owners are going to win. They're going to get money back. The players are going to uh, make it a public spin that they got things out of the they wanted. Both sides of the world said they won. And that's fine. You know, because it's all the money that they're making, very little of it is going to trickle down to me and you and the fans. So they're still going to be richer than us. That's true. And the, most, and the majority of the fans, not the ones who, who can afford to take them, but the ones who can watch the game on TV. So it's going to get done. Let's move on to something else. What else you want to talk about? Uh, someone asked me, uh, at, as a matter of fact, the same game, you know, about uh, the, the realignment deal. Uh, and I basically referred back to the WAC. So what I did was I went back and checked the schedule and all back uh, when Rice and when the conference race split up and everybody moved over to the WAC. 16 teams, the most you, it makes it prevalent, but the most games that you have is the conference games are eight. Uh, they'll probably go to nine to uh, put an extra game in and, in, and cut out, you know, somebody uh, a non-conference schedule, but it'll make it prevalent. The most that anybody will play each other over a four-year period will be twice. It'll either, you'll either play, it's once they set the divisions up. And and, and for those who are not sure what the Wildcats reference, we're talking about the discussions of Mountain West with, and Conference right, say, yes. well, <clears throat> Consolidating, because, because, but but now because they're not they're not really going to be one conference. But go ahead, consolidating and it be football only, right? Basically, to make everybody prevalent, but it also will include what that should happen. It is uh, it's prevalent on them that that merger becoming an AQ BCA. See that's see that's my question to you. How or when would they know the answer to that? When would they know that that if this happens, okay. they will get an AQ? Automatic qualifier for BCS Bowl. In the discussion that's going on right now, that is where they have to, they're, they're making problems. That's why you hear, um, uh, not the uh, SEC, but uh, Bill Hancock, who's in charge of BCS, they're in discussion now with NC2A, is figuring out how to make that work as far as putting another another conference into the bowl series, but also limiting the amount of teams out of the, out of the uh, AQs that are already there. Well, Wildcat, the SEC's people say that the, in the new agreement that they're going to change the number of teams that can be allowed in, in BCS, going to lift it from, to, from more than two, so that the SEC thinks they should get three or four or whatever. They, they, sound, they just want to have uh, all the top teams qualify BCS bowls, get BCS bowls, and they'll all the rest of us. Well, 
they, they are prevalent. Since they are the, the big bad, you know, they are the big bad wolf here on the, on the block. Monster, uh, monster sheep now that they're growing out. But uh, at the end of the day, we ha- we still have some semblance of structure according to uh, President Emmerich. I think that's. Well, uh, hey, all I know is Wednesday's comments from him. It's scary. It's, it's not scary. The NTA is uh, football is not a business. Yeah. Who, President Emmer, where? Who choose better words, man? Because those words, those comments from you were just ridiculous. And it, it, I mean, it, are, is your head in the sand? It goes back to my column in this uh, uh, in the next issue of King Size View. When you make a comment like he did the other day, but he also made an earlier comment when folk when he was asked. That the and he made mention of the NC2A does not get into the day-to-day running of NC2A football. Uh, we and realignment. We can only consult. We can not dictate the teams that they can't move here and there. That's only by the individual. Uh, he comps. needs a PR consultant. He needs someone but, to to uh, tell him what to say and but, how to say it. Cause because that was almost like he, the words are horrible. He was not thinking. I had not thought out that question. And then, and he, when he when it was given to him and did not think out the answer when he gave it, because you and I both know. If crap happens on campus, who's the first one to show up and says, I'm going to take everything away from you as much as possible and put you over in the corner? Mr. Uh, Mr. KG, who, who, who makes that statement? Are you talking about the president of yeah. the NCAA? Yeah. But, well, it, well, now it depends on the violations Well, and who's doing the violating. Yeah, well. That, that is true. That's what has transpired here. Can we still wait for the NCAA to announce their punishment for Ohio State and Jim Trust? And also, uh, who else is uh, this is on the clock now? Um, well, ultimately, they get to Miami. There's new stuff and, and I don't with think USC. I don't think the, the Miami situation is going to be as bad. Coach and his staff. So, uh, Carolina, you know, the test stuff and both penalties in football. You know, there's, there's cheating going on at a lot of big-time programs and in this lesser bending of the rules, shall we say, in some would argue majority of the programs. Um, just briefly, on the Garden BCS, I urge listeners to go to the Arizona Central uh, website, azcentral.com, I believe that's what it is. They've done an investigative series on the BCS uh, structure. Because of uh, a seven what day, it A seven-day uh, series it's on the website. Uh, as of Thursday, there should be, I think, four articles have been posted. And it's detailed information. They did, they did a public, uh, request, document request, open, open record request, uh, for some of the information. It's so far some very eye-opening, uh, articles that I've read on the website. Makes you wonder about the BCS and, uh, the non-profit status, shall we say, whether it should be a non-profit. So if you want some more information on that, read, go to the website and read that. Uh, I think we're going to wrap it up here. Where can folks find you, Wildcat, and what, what's the website and Twitter handle and all that good information? The website is www.kingsizeview.com. The new issue will be out this week. The paper has been put to bed. Uh, the print issue will also be out this weekend. Uh, we should be making deliveries on uh, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, you can also find me at... 
www.aksvdcsr.blogspot.com uh, blogger and my Twitter hashtag is a aksvdcsr. That's where you can find the Fifth Ward Wildcat and Mr. KG. Oh, thank you, sir. Uh, one thing I just want to mention before we close it up here. Uh, Coach Gary Blair and the Texas A&M Aggies, the national champion to win the college basketball, are uh, going to meet President Obama, going to the White House on Thursday, October 6th. Uh, congratulations to uh, the Aggies. It'll be an interesting conversation because Coach Blair can really and, talk. And uh, there will be pictures posted on the Aggies website. And so, uh, you know, some of those ladies we've seen grow up from 7th, 8th grade. Uh, so it's good to see a uh, Houston area team do well. That's true. Oh, one, th- one last thing. Uh, we get, how, how do you basically phrase this? We, we will miss the, the U of H will be in the process of seeking a new football SID because uh, Mrs. Uh, Cassiana has uh, been asked to move over to uh, Auburn uh, this week, uh, this upcoming week, and her last media presser was uh, on Tuesday. I didn't, I wasn't able to make it, but uh, Mr. Gardner did. Uh, how was it turn out? Uh, it wasn't a, a packed house. Uh, you know, Cassie hugged some people, and you know, she had a few tears. Uh, uh, said goodbye to the players. I don't think the football guys. I don't think the majority of them had heard about the news. So she told David Hunter and Bryce Bell and wished them well, and they wished her well. Uh, she said goodbye to the media that was there. So uh, she's going to Auburn for, you know, SEC, better job. It's better for her and her son. So we wish her well. Uh, I'm going to wrap it up here. Thanks. She did a great job oh. raising the bar for uh, sports information at U of H. And first, I think, at U of H and in the city, you know, sports information-wise. So yeah, because uh, the, the, uh, the information, that she, I mean, she just raised the bar and professionalism for for us in the media. So we congratulate her on her her new job and wish her the best. Uh, let's wrap it up here. Uh, I'm KG of the Houston Round Ball Review. My website is www.houstonroundballreview.com. I have a Facebook fan page for the Round Ball Review. You can check it out, Houston Round Ball Review uh, fan page. Also on YouTube, Houston Round Ball is, is the channel. I'm on Twitter at T-H-E-H-R Review. Uh, I've got my blogs as well. I link to some of my uh, NBA colleagues who are doing a great job covering the lockout. So a lot of of information out there for you to see. And always, I'm doing it public. We make it public for you. If you want to sponsor our podcast, get in touch with us via all the info we give you as far as Twitter, Facebook, blogs. Contact us that way. And uh, thank you very much for listening. As always, tell your friends about us. Hope you enjoy. And in conclusion, be true, be cool, and do more.